restaurant unstoppable episode 271 you know nobody really cares what you know until they know that you care about them and i think that that's really apropos for our business like you can be a manager you can manage assets you can manage people you can manage food costs and all that kind of stuff or you can lead and the way you do that you know showing in concrete fashion that you actually care for someone else are you ready for it factors success stories failures and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge then join eric cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable Menuvative by iMenuTech has been the pioneer of cloud to tablet menu publishing for over five years. By using Menuvative, you'll reduce your costs, increase guest spending, and provide a better guest experience by being more informative. Find the banner in the show notes or head over to iMenuTech.com to learn more. Again, that's iMenuTech.com. One more time, iMenuTech.com. Are you short on time when it comes to training your restaurant staff? Well, if you are, don't worry. I'm sure you're not alone, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can find that light by visiting Tipsy for a whole library of video courses delivered by world barista champions, leading sommeliers, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Learn more by clicking the Tipsy banner in the show notes. If you choose to subscribe today, you'll get a special 50% discount because your Restaurant Unstoppable listeners get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce you again back on the show, Chef Adam Lamb. Adam, are you feeling unstoppable today? Eric, I am epically unstoppable today. Yes, sir. So in (laughs) case you guys don't remember Adam, let me just give you a quick aerial view of who we're talking to here. Adam Lamb is an author and speaker who has spent the last 25 years as an executive chef running high-profile restaurants, hotels, and multi-entertainment complexes. He leverages his passion and experience in his coaching practice with culinary professionals, business owners, and thought leaders all around the world. He is also the host of his own uh, podcast and radio show, Chef Life Radio. I love your work, Chef. I really do, and uh, I, I can't wait to dive into today's topic. But before we do dive into that topic, let's get that motivational, inspirational, ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Success quote or mantra. So every day uh, I try to get myself grounded and I think one thought and one thought only, and that is we before me. We before me. I love it. Dive into that quote and why it just sings to you. Well, it seemed to me that for a long time in my career, uh, I was making it about me and I was kind of curious as to why my success or uh, was so limited or there were certain levels that I couldn't necessarily attain uh, until I realized that when I put my ego in check and actually made it about the team, not only was the operation more fluid, but uh, that success that I so so yearned for came very, very easily. And at the same time, I got to really admit that it had really nothing to do with me. It was all about the team. It's, so It's so true. And, and this, it, the people I've studied with this podcast, they don't only make it about – uh, the other people, but they they focus on 
bringing out the best in other people, not just supporting the other people, but sur- surrounding themselves with people who just have those skills uh, and you know that that just make the entire team better, and they and they just suck those skills to a whole new level and they develop people and mentorship them and or mentor them. And that's, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really excited for this conversation. I think that's a great segue into to what we are talking about, which is basically um, the difference between, uh, you know, I mean, the information's out there, the techniques on how to lead, how to manage are out there. They're all fragmented kind of scattered all over the place. Uh, and it's hard to kind of pull all these different techniques together to become, to become a master. And that's what you focus on. You help people bring all these techniques together and, and really master them. Um, and I, I don't know where this conversation is going. Really, I, <laughs> I, I went to your website, www.foodworksinc.com, watched the video, and kind of looked at what you're doing. And what I'm kind of hoping to do in this interview is kind of break down your mission with Foodworks Inc. and kind of maybe uh, try to extract as much as possible in a, as little time as possible. We've got an hour. So Good, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. So <laughs> let, let me ask you, you know, when do you know you're mastering? What does mastering uh, this industry mean to you? What does that picture of mastery look like to you? Uh, I guess um, uh, for me, and I got to say that, you know, there's a lot of empirical evidence and, you know, there's it's backed up by a lot of science, but ultimately it comes down to my opinion and my thought around uh, what true leadership looks like. And after, you know, four or five years of doing an in-depth investigation about this, uh, it comes down to, you know, leadership seems like such a uh, red herring because there's so many different styles of leadership um, and some are effective and some are not so effective. But I think that it's almost impossible to lead other people effectively without without ha- without some self-introspection and oh, yeah. some Gaining some mastery around self. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, inspired leadership, as we define it in FoodWorks, has nothing to do with the title. It's about a way of being in which you're showing up every day in your life and in your work that is inspiring to others. Um, because ultimately, that's, as far as I'm concerned, where the real juice is in the business. I mean, a lot of it is technique. And yes, it's so amazing to be on the line and, uh, you know, feeds my adrenaline uh, addiction to kind of like be slamming it on a Saturday night. But ultimately, to be successful, I think ultimately it's about uh, the other people that you're working with and the other people that you're truly in service to. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you talk about these techniques, what, what specifically what are you referring to? What are some examples of techniques that you talk about uh, to kind of give people an idea of what that right. is and what mastery is? Right. So... 15 years ago when I started FoodWorks, it was purely a consulting company. Mm -hmm. So it was a little something I had on the side and uh, I wanted to see if I could make any money on supporting other operators out there and, you know, making a more efficient operation and things of that sort or openings. Um, And over the years, I realized that uh, a lot of my fellow culinarians, uh, while they enjoyed parts of their job, uh, generally speaking, they were pretty miserable about their life Mm -hmm. in the business. And that's kind of what spurred me to refocus FoodWorks around culinary career coaching because the things that I've learned, I want to pay that forward so that hopefully someone doesn't have to go through all the stuff that I've done in my life. Let me ask you a quick question. Why do you think people are miserable? Jeez, uh, I mean, that has as many varied answers. And, you know, through a good coach, a lot of those a lot of those issues come up. But generally speaking, I think that for a lot of folks, um, 
uh, they are looking to the business to satisfy emotional needs within them that necessarily that that can be that can be can i just back up for a second <laughs> yeah absolutely you might want to timestamp that one <laughs> uh, uh so what was the question again hold on so why so why are people miserable uh yeah so like there's so many examples of you said there, it's not just one thing that can cause misery in this industry it could be a, a multitude of factors causing this misery but right. i mean what in your opinion are the most like why do people or what's the most common theme when people get into a bad situation which causes misery and i, I think i really want to go down this road you said something that i think was really interesting they they're looking to serve some kind of kind of emotional need where they they feel like the restaurant will provide a solution to something inside that's going on what do you mean by that um uh, what I mean specifically is that uh, they make the business up or, or they make a decision that the business means something about them, mm. that when you are successful, that means something about you. When you're not successful, that means something about you. There have been uh, over the last two or three years, some very high profile suicides of uh, very, uh, very successful chefs or perceptively uh, successful chefs. Um and I was kind of left my head scratching about, like, why would that be? Why would when they have everything, would they decide to toss it all away? Um, and in both cases that I'm thinking of specifically, there were some uh, financial pitfalls or, or problems that they had in the background, which ultimately, I think, I mean, the decision to take your own life is yeah. pretty complex. But um that seems to me to be immature professionalism. I'm not I'm not making a, a statement about any of these people, but I'm saying, you know, the thing about mature professionalism is you take what happens and you keep going. You get up the next morning, you keep going because what happened doesn't necessarily define you as a yeah. person, but it's just something that you get to deal with. It's a detail in your life that you get to overcome instead of it making it about the fact that uh, that you don't know what you're doing or everybody's going to make fun of you and God knows, man, I failed so many times that, <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's like I've I've noticed the people who are super successful in this industry, their restaurant is a, a an extension of their personal brand of what matters to them, what's important to them. It, it's so there is I mean, I, I totally hear what you're saying with um, it, it's it's when they when things don't go wrong, when they hit when they don't manage their bounce sheet well, when they don't. um you know, if they get a bad review uh, from a critic, you know, they take it personally and it affects them. It affects them because it's such a it's such a, an alignment of who their personal brand is. But what I'm hearing from you is you need to know you need to have the, the emotional intelligence to know when, you know, to recognize an emotion and realize that this is just an emotion and I can control my emotions and de detach myself from these emotions to be a business person, to, to control my business and to move on and to not take it so personally. Yeah, the fact is in, the, in any given day in a life in the kitchen, there are so many ups and downs that if you're not grounded or doing things actively in which to ground yourself, then it's really easy to let frustration turn into anger, anger turn into like anger, bad yeah. you're taking <laughs> it out on people and your crew or even <laughs> the end of the shift taking it out on yourself yeah and anger's, anger is the most useless emotion there is and it, it's such a primitive uh primal emotion that just is it's, it's it exists to trigger flight or fight and right. uh none of those reactions 
are are going to help anybody in any situation. Um, so what emotional intelligence is, and I'm actually just reading emotional intelligence, uh, emotional intelligence uh, recommended by Jillian Rocco, uh, who was recently on the guest. Daniel Goleman's the author. He also wrote social intelligence, and it's a must read if you haven't uh, picked that one up yet, Adam, and anybody listening. It's it's but it talks exactly about what, what we're talking about right now, which is you. What emotional intelligence is is, hap- is is first being able to recognize your emotions, being able to say, this is anger, I know this feeling, you know, this is depression, I know this feeling, this is happiness, I know. recognizing that emotion and then detaching yourself from it and saying, I know this emotion, I, I know I can control these emotions if I remove myself, like in my head, if I take myself out of the situation and just ask, like, what can I do? do to, to get out of this this what's causing these emotions let's 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 address those issues and move on and fix it instead of just getting angry what do you have to say about that um you know i was just watching the imitation game again uh, the other day and there's that line which alan turing asks uh do you know why do you know why people like violence uh and it says because that's because it feels good but it sometimes you know you can't do what feels good you have to do what makes sense um <laughs> And that takes, for me, um, a practice of, of being mindful of myself. Uh, you know, I've spent 30 years in the business. For a lot of that, I uh, was charging around like a bull in a china shop uh, and throwing my body around with reckless abandon, not being very mindful of how I was treating myself nor how I was treating with everyone else. Um, and it took me hitting the wall in such a fashion that I got fired from a job. Uh, I was addicted to prescription, uh, physician-prescribed uh, uh painkillers for five years after a back surgery and i ended up on a caribbean island wondering what how the hell i got there Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and so uh taking a step back from that gave me you know there was literally the dark night of the soul where i had to really look at myself and and I basically took a resume and stripped out to the job descriptions, left where it was and the time frame. And in it, I wrote in every single thing that happened to me basically outside of the job, relationships I was in, uh, things that ended, things that began. And when I got done with that exercise, it was immediately clear to me the cycles that had occurred in my life. And that was the perspective. That was the that was the shifting point for me because I knew I couldn't no longer I could no longer continue. Yeah. And I just wanted to pivot back to the second and say that um, you know I didn't want to paint any culinarian with a broad stroke and say oh you're all miserable or I've been miserable so therefore you should be or the things that have happened to me are are rampant in the industry. That's not what I'm applying. What I'm implying is that. Because of the things that I've gone through, I may have a certain different perspective that may assist others in navigating their career more successfully and with more rapidity than I did. Mm. I'm not saying that you're going to make six figures as a chef, but what I can can tell you is that you'll be a much more grounded, uh, humble, uh, joyful human being, not only in your career, but in your life. That's yeah. what food is all about. It puts and things into perspective, Adam. When, you, yeah. when you've gone down one road and you know how bad it can get it helps you appreciate where what good looks like how how even like not like you could be like in a mediocre mediocre part of your life and know that could be much worse and just having that gratitude that you you are where you are and not where you've been can help you get back over to that at that side of uh, a great place in your life uh i had a uh 
kind of a kick in the ass moment when I was op- uh, when I was running a, a multi entertainment facility in Boca Raton, Florida, and the food and beverage director, his name is uh, Mark Sioko. Okay. Uh, uh, was kind of watching me from the from the sidelines as we were getting through a Saturday night, and it was in a movie theater, so we would get crushed like seven thirty, nine thirty, half an hour before the movie started, and it was kind of freaky because everyone had somewhere to go, so they're like you know pushing the clock on everything, and uh, so I was kind of lighting into the entire line, and Mark pulled me off, and he said you know, do you think that that's really the way that you're going to lead? Is that the way that you're going to get stuff out? And he was kind of reading me the riot act for about 10 minutes. Uh, and then he looked me in the eye and he said, you know, and it's not really a big deal, man. It's just some stuff on a plate. <laughs> and I, again, I don't want to demean anyone's efforts um, because I know some guys live for their craft. Yeah. And I applaud that. I really do. We need the Picassos to kind of broaden the stretch of everyone else. So it kind of gives us permission. Uh, not everybody's going to Picasso. Not everybody's going to be a David Chang. Uh, so I get that. But at the end of the day, to be able to have that perspective, it's like, okay, I did a good thing. I fed some folks. They got a chance to be around a table together so that they can be in relationship to one another. But at the end of the day, it's just a plate of food. And now what the, what do I – what does that mean for the rest of my life? What do I do when I get off work? How do I get up tomorrow morning? What are my short-term or long-term goals? And um, because for a lot of us, we're just putting one foot in front of the other, waiting for the phone to ring or someone to respond to a resume. Yeah. Like, I'm going to suffer this position because I need the money just long enough that someone is going to come through the clouds. The clouds are going to part. The choir is going to sing and I'm going to get this new job. I just got an email from a friend of mine who I'd worked with and he feels completely suckered by the job that he took and locked in because he had because he's got nowhere to go. And I know just how miserable and debilitating that yeah. must to know that you don't have an option, that you're stuck where you're at. You know, I think this this all of what we're saying, um, you know, to bring it back around to the two things that you say uh, will help us master the trade, which is mastering oneself and inspiring others. And that's really I feel like people do a disjustice to themselves when they get into this industry and they just start taking jobs and don't really take jobs with the intention to to figure out what it is that you truly love the the kind of people you want to work with what lights you up on the inside your strengths like you know highlighting those strengths as a chef what wherever you know whatever niche in, in the industry that you just you, you know highlights who you are and what drives you people just take jobs and let's just talk about how we get that mastery of self how what we can start doing in our life right now to get that self control and to just take it to the next level it's something that we've talked before on the show eric and i know that you've talked about this with other guests it's about really getting to know what your why is Mm. and that was the first first thing that we grabbed on the webinar so it's not necessarily a tool like a potato peeler or a technique like filleting a fish but this is actually shifting a perspective to a different way of being that'll allow you to again uh become more grounded uh calm and ultimately enjoy your work and your life much more. So understanding your why gives you a perspective on what job to take and what not job to take. It's so kind of like – how do you, Where do you start to get that why though? Well, uh, <laughs> there's an interesting exercise called the heart's desire where you actually list things from 1 to 10, money being no object, 1 to 10, the things that you'd like to do in your life. Mm. And then you rank them. Is one better than two? Yes. Then you – kind of cross that one and it's two better than three. And by that, 
by a system of elimination, you'll actually get what your heart really wants. And it might be uh, owning your own restaurant. It may be like Brandon Krastowski owning a restaurant that turns into a leadership program for uh, for ex-felons. It, it should be something that has a – I know that this is a loaded phrase, but a higher purpose. Higher purpose meaning what? Meaning that it's something that's beyond me, that serves others. Um, ultimately, if it's about my pocketbook and my fame, then, you know, all evidence proves out that, you know, it's pretty shallow way to live your life. Not shallow, but certainly unfulfilling at the end of your day when you get there and you're like, oh, this is all it's been about. So uh, we as human beings are hardwired to be to be in relationship and to be in community. So being a fixture or a part of this community, whether it's a community online, whether it's um, a group that's that's uh, in your local neighborhood, uh, but to be part of a group that's larger than yourself. Uh, my daughters have been delivering Thanksgiving uh, meals for Meals on Wheels in South Florida for the last 15 years. It's something that their mother started and they continue to do now as adults because not only do they get to be in relationship with these folks and see the way that they live, but it's a, also a grounding element for their life. And they come out of that with not only a certain amount of respect for how they live, but also a certain appreciation for how uh, their lives are as well. So a couple of the things that we're going to talk about or a couple of things that we have talked about on it. So these techniques are different perspectives. <laughs> One of which is associate yourself, which we've just been talking about. Uh, the fact is, is that, um, we as culinarians end up siloing ourselves for months and months and months and seasons, seasons, seasons uh, in our own restaurants and forget that there's other restaurants out there or other culinarians that we probably have an affinity for that we can strike up a relationship with, whether it's a friendship or whether it's a professional relationship. Um, had an email from a guy who was wondering why all his dishes started to feel the same and taste the same. People were enjoying them, but for him, there wasn't much spark. And my coaching to him was get out and go be with another chef in another restaurant. I mean, that's a really, really easy thing to do to get reinvigorated. Um, I have a great friend who, you know, all takes his uh, afternoon in his kitchen and then I'm ready to kick some ass. Um, so so I, I just want to bullet a few things real quick to make sure I, I'm getting everything you're saying uh, organized. So just like, like to go aerial real quick to get up to 30,000 oh. feet. We're talking about uh, gaining mastery uh, of yourself and then inspiring others is what it takes to be a master of uh, the trade to really take it to the next level, to be somebody that knows more than just the techniques, but how to bring those all together and to be the best you can be in this industry. And for mastery, getting, uh, you know, mastery of yourself, I have know your why, uh, know your strengths, your weaknesses, and having that emotional control are some of the things we've been talking about. Um, uh, go ahead. So I, I talked about associating yourself, which is a great way of, again, staying grounded, uh, whether you call that being humble or uh, just being in relationship to others. But when I talked about self-mastery, talked about some of the things that were a struggle for me in my life. Okay. And I would get up in the morning. I would put my pants on, put my clogs on, grab a jacket out of the closet, brush my teeth and go to work, mm. work all day long, get off work, maybe hit the bar, come home, go to sleep, come and the cycle starts all over again. So there was nothing to break that up. It made it really easy for me to stay smoking. It made it really easy for me to continue to drink or medicate my stress away. It made it really easy living that life to 
have a sense of gloom and doom, like things aren't going to get any better because it starts to become repetitious all the way. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that I've had to institute in my life and create a discipline around meaning that if the alarm goes off at 5.30, that means the alarm goes off at 5.30. That means I, I don't check in to see whether or not it's in the highest for me to get up. I got to get up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a uh, couple things that we've been talking about during this webinar series that kind of got a little, got, got some great reaction. But the first one I'd have to say is self-nurture. Mm-hmm. So for me to take 10 minutes in the morning to meditate, just 10 minutes, I can push everybody else and everything else away and I can have that space to myself to do nothing but just focus on my breathing allows me to create space in other parts of my life, which from usually from there, um, I'm usually writing for an hour uh, and then I exercise for half an hour and yada, yada, yada. But it's However, that stacks up. Some folks exercise in the afternoon. Some folks exercise after they got off work. But it's a way in which to mitigate the effects of stress in the body. It allows the body to kind of upgrade its ability to capacitate more and more energy, um, not only from work, but from everything, being around people. Just heard a great story about this couple who were in L.A. and they finally moved to uh, to a small town in Pennsylvania. And. Uh, they both thought that they were introverts, right? So they would just like to sit around the house and when they were on the West Coast and just kind of be with one another. And when they got to the small town of Pennsylvania, the husband started kind of crawling the walls until he discovered that there was a pub in town. And so he would go down and uh, and sit in the pub and talk to all the, the farmers and everything around because yeah. it turns out that he was actually an extrovert, but he had spent his entire life in the restaurant industry. <laughs> getting bombarded by all these, you know, all these emotions and all this energy all day. So when you get done, you actually want to cocoon yourself. You actually want to just kind of separate yourself away. At least I did. Um, and that actually like smoking and uh, my predilection for drink and alcohol actually assisted in my separation from other people. So in a more healthy way, it looks like meditation. It might look like taking a bath. It might look like taking a walk in nature. It might look like carving out a small portion of time in your day that you can actually just call yourself and make that almost ritualized, a discipline around that which can support you then forward for the rest of your day. And one of the last points that I'll talk about very briefly is to get a hobby, which <laughs> which one webinar participant said, uh, what do you mean get a hobby? You know, this is the culinary life, man. I'm in this for good. This is going to be everything. And uh, not only myself, but a couple of the other people on the webinar were like, yeah, that's good for now. <laughs> See, as a as a as a grounded inspirational leader, uh, especially in the culinary industry, you really have two jobs. Number one is to teach skill and the other one is to mentor or model mature professionalism. And a mature professional knows that. You got to have a break. You got to take time off. Uh, there was a gal who worked with me. Well, I was advocating, you know, for her to pick up a hobby because everything she did was around work so much so that if anything went down or anything went sideways, she immediately took it on as some type of personal, uh, personal problem. So even though she said, "Now nah, I'm good. I got it. I saw on Facebook about six months later, her and her boyfriend started painting, who's also <laughs> who's also another chef and you know turns out they got some skills yeah. and it brings them joy so this this webinar participant was like why would i need a hobby 
Like, why would I do that? And I said, do you have room in your life for more joy? Mm. You know, and she said, well, so that's so exercise my hobby. No, exercise is self-nurture. I'm talking about something that's a creative stimulus, some other way in which to be creative, because I know as culinarians and most everybody, like I'm absolutely convinced that everybody has the capacity to be creative. It's just in their mind, they have an idea of what that creativity looks like. It could be planting a garden, could be pouring a perfect cup of tea. All those are forms of art. So why couldn't your life be a walking meditation on art or about art or trying to create those moments in every day? Again, coming back to the whole mindful principle, which if you're cutting fish for two hours in the cooler, all of a sudden you can focus in a way that you've never done that before. If you have to slice 1200 slider buns for a banquet, you don't look at that and say, oh, my God, I got to do that crap. <laughs> you know, you got a little pep in your step because there's something else out there. Uh, I knew a banquet chef who. Uh, brewed some outrageous beers and also quite strangely also was a fledgling carpenter and like some of the first some of the first shelves he built weren't exactly you know square and everything but it was again something that allowed him to reinvigorate himself um, and almost kind of do a reimagining of what that creative process looks like that's awesome so i think we can uh, wrap up with the uh, gaining self-mastery i think you've clear you know paints a pretty good picture of for us why that's so important uh just knowing your why uh having uh, something to associate yourself with having a higher purpose uh not just getting into like the the loop of showing up you know to work then doing your thing going to the bar repeat you know rinse repeat like you need something to like to strive for i totally get that and just the self-meditation the time to you know uh just be with alone in yourself alone in your thoughts to regroup and to refocus and then to get the hobby to to you know have that me time to you know just be, be creative and all those things are so important um why is inspiring others how does inspiring others uh tap into the whole mastery side of things well at that point i think it's about uh something that i've been practicing probably for the last two years which is radical transparency which is uh when appropriate speaking to others about things that have happened in my life and not as a way of like telling old, you know, old war stories, but, uh, as a way to kind of give them permission to be open, transparent and vulnerable mm. uh, in our industry. We've, um, we've been trained, shamed and conditioned to hold our cars close to our vest. So therefore when someone's got a problem, they, they don't say anything. Uh, Kat Kinsman's got a website, chefs with com is a great example where she has an anonymous survey about mental health issues and uh, and drug and alcohol addiction in the in the culinary industry, and respondents were I think she's up to a couple thousand um, couple thousand replies to this, but statistically it's looking like 70 percent of culinary professionals have either had issues with mental health or currently struggling with mental health issues. And uh, you, as, I'm sure you can dig, Eric, that, you know, someone's feeling stressed, uh, they're going to look for the quickest way to relieve, which is usually drugs and alcohol, which is kind of like spirals the whole thing out. But the thing was, is that one of the, m the most consistent response she was getting was is that nobody has talked about this out loud because they didn't want to be they don't want to be seen as weak. They don't want to be seen as uh, ineffectual. They want to seem like a you know, anything less than what they're trying to be, which is a competent professional. So there's this, uh, there's this current, uh, in the culinary industry that prevents us from being open and transparent. Like I have no issues talking about my, 
issues of, of using drugs and my drug addiction or my alcoholism just because I think it's important that someone gives others permission to do the same. Yeah, you know, and just like real quick, the power of transparency uh, and just it's such a, a, a valuable tool for developing trust and rapport. I mean, think about a dog when a dog rolls over on its belly and exposes itself, its weaknesses, right? That That's exactly what you're doing when you uh, turn over and you expose your your failures, your faults, your weak, like the your Achilles heel. Like when you come clean and share that, you know, I have these troubles. Uh, people are gonna they're gonna be able to relate to you. They're gonna be able to trust you. You're not gonna be threatening, and it, it's just such a great way. And like you say, to then open up the the door for them to come to you if they're struggling, like knowing that they won't be judged if they're having the same problem because you were there at one. Like I mean that that's so powerful. Uh, yeah. It really is. That's that's uh, I think what makes me a unique coach. Uh, you know, every other industry um, has you know web based learning has coaches. They talk about it a lot uh, in our hosp- in the hospitality industry. It's something that is I think kind of new. And um, as I said, I have a coach. And what makes me unique as a coach is because I've not only done most everything wrong, but I if there's any. If you know the worst thing that you think you've done, I've probably done twice. Yeah, and the power of sympathy, you know, being able to, to literally put yourself in that position and know what where they've been uh, yep. is just a sure. powerful tool. And you know, I, I'm thinking of Anthony Rudolph right now. He was a past guest on the show, and, and he's very transparent about his. You know, he was the uh, director of operations or the GM for Thomas Keller. Uh, I mean, people, successful people, they 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 make mistakes. And your mistakes don't define you. It's how you handle, how you bounce back, and how you recover from those mistakes that define you. Um, so awesome stuff. Um, so I think we're, we we can probably move on to, uh, or unless actually we're still talking about inspiring others. So uh, aside from ultimate transparency, what else can we do to inspire others? Um, uh, I think that you know, along with transparency comes authenticity, mm-hmm. um, and authenticity is so hard to really gauge. But you know, when something's, I think it's kind of like human nature to be able to discern whether or not someone's kind of fronting up to you or they're actually being sincere. Uh, and um, ultimately, what's going to happen, especially now, you know, by 2020, 50 percent of the workforce is going to be millennials. I don't care what you've read or what you've heard. Uh, I think what's happening now is kind of a is a revolution within the culture of the industry in that millennials came in with a very specific idea of what they wanted. You know, they want and there's all kinds of articles in Forbes and Fortune about, you know, them wanting a coach, not a boss, that they want to be brought into the decision making process, that they want this and this. Now, if they're coming in and they're prepping vegetables, that might be unrealistic, but certainly a little bit farther up the chain, uh, it, it becomes almost incumbent upon us to either work with them or decide that we're going to work the line alone mm-hmm. because there's going to be no other choice for us to be made. And the sneaking suspicion, my sneaking suspicion is that when we came into the industry, you, me, anyone else, my buddy, Greg, you know, we had those same type of convictions, but we didn't think that it was going to be possible. So what did we do? We just sucked it up and played the game. Yeah. You know, what? I, I'm going to go and, and you know defend the, the millennial and say, you know, a lot of people, they call them needy. They call them coddled. Uh, but at the same time, they're also more cultured and educated, not because yep. of the school system, but because they have access to – they grew up with unlimited access to the world. I mean, think totally. about when you were a teenager. I mean, did you have access to the knowledge that young people have today? Uh, they don't – they're not they, – they, they have – what's the word? They're – 
they're more competent than the average teenager. I feel like with as far as access to information and be able to see through your bullshit um, and knowing what can be what what the expectation at the workplace should be um, and not kind of just like they, they'll they're willing to stand up for themselves. And I, I kind of admire that about I mean, that's I think it's a positive thing about the future. I think it's I couldn't agree with you more, man. I yeah. think it is positive all the way around. However, it will challenge uh, and did it did challenge me and my perspective about who I was as a as a boss and as a coach and as a leader. And I think a lot of guys, some folks out there are going to have much more difficulty than others. You know, uh, I used to throw pants. I used to, you know, have a lot of bluster and shout uh, until that no longer worked. So we have to be really honest with ourselves and say, does this way of being work anymore? Do I feel good when I throw a pot? pot in a pan? Probably not. You know, does it feel good to belittle other people? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've had the unfortunate experience of having grown, a grown man break down in tears in front of me and collapse to the floor. And once that happens to you, it, you're never the same. Yeah. Like you never want to take away anyone else's dignity. And I get that some people think that shaming is still a great management technique. Um, but again, you're going to end up working the line by yourself because word's going to get out and there's going to be too many options for folks to go work. I mean, right now the competition in on the street is fierce yeah. for square space for uh, for profit margins for how many how many places you can get employment. A dude I know uh, flew out to Seattle and had four job interviews in the space of a day and wow. took right. So I mean, there's there. Prospective employees or prospective crew members have way too many choices. Yeah, you can't you can't cut corners when it comes to taking care of your people. Right. You you, you so, got to give them what they want. Right. Uh, so so why not you know work with it exactly? Make it, make it your competitive advantage. I love it. So ultimate transparency, authenticity, anything else on inspiring others are just definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, uh, just a really really specific uh, thing that I wanted to talk about was. Um, I uh, worked with a guy who was an old timer and there's nothing, uh, you know, kind of a Joe lunchbox type of guy come in every day, do his job and leave. And there's nothing like, uh, you know, there's nothing a working man likes better than to watch another man work, mm-hmm. meaning that uh, the quickest way to his heart uh, was to be elbow to elbow with him and use that opportunity while you're working and kind of focus on something else to start a dialogue. The, the difference between um, leading and mentoring is. Uh, mentoring is a long-term process. I mean, once a mentor, always a mentor. So to be aware that that relationship is probably going to last your entire life um, gives you a different perspective about how you want to relate to somebody. And um, and it's kind of the slow process. And a lot of the stuff is happening underneath the surface. It's nothing cr- clearly what you're saying, but a lot of times it's what you're doing and what you're modeling that people pick up on uh, and that will serve them for a long time moving forward. So do something amazing and be totally conscious of your actions of what you're saying with your body and what you're, you're doing is what I'm hearing. Yep, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's the whole idea of mentorship is like a long process. I, I, feel, I feel like the desire to want to help to to see a young person and the, the inclination to say, I, I want to help them versus you know, the, the tendency to say, what the frig is the matter with this person? I want to smack <laughs> them offside the head. I mean, how do you, how do you have that self-awareness to know that it's, it's not their fault? Like there are young and we're surrounded by young people who, I mean, they just haven't, 
evolved emotion. They don't understand what their actions are saying about them. Uh, I'll give an example. A great kid. I won't say his name. Uh, just started working over at Laney and Lou, uh, where I'm been spending my time when I'm not recording. Uh, and I just really, he's a good heart. You know, you can tell it's a good kid. He's got, he's 23 years old. He's a young dude. He's full of, you know, bright energy. Like he's going to do great things in his life, but he showed up to work the other day with his buddy, uh, off duty. And his buddy was, you could clearly tell he was lit just like, <laughs> like they had a good night. And I, and I just wanted to like take him aside and be like, you know, your entire life is a job interview. You, the things you do outside of, like, you're here at your your place of employment, you're fine. You're holding your shit together, but you're associating yourself and you're bringing these people to this, this establishment. Like, what do you expect people to think about you inside? What do you think people are saying about you right now? Like, that's what I wanted to say to them. Um, it, when you, Did you? Uh, what, not yet. I didn't want to. <laughs> so, but I do right, want to so, talk to so, them. Be like, hey, man, you, so, you've got to. you've. It, it, I mean, I haven't gone alone with them yet, but it's definitely something I want to follow up with them on. So what prevented you from actually saying something in the moment? I was working and it was the middle of a lunch rush. <laughs> and, uh, I like, you know, and he was with his buddy and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it, I feel like it's our duty to be able to, to approach this person and be like, hey, man, you're a good person. You have potential. You're bright. Um, be aware of what you're, what you're telling the world with your actions. Yeah. Um, I, I, Totally get you, man. I totally get you. I think I'm, uh, yeah, um, I think you're definitely on the right track. I wouldn't let that opportunity slip away for you or for him. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, I think it comes down to being, to having a sense of empathy, um, being able to see yourself in others, Mm -hmm. to be able to recognize that, you know, we're here doing the best we can with the tools that we have at any given moment whether or not we have the awareness of it at all. So you start to have a little bit more grace and compassion for other people. And especially the, like there are some cats that come in and are like incredibly talented, but they're like, (laughs) so, so immature that they do (laughs) like that. Or, you know, they show up, uh, they show up at the job after work and drink on property and then, then walk off without paying their bill, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to try to catch them before that moment happens. Um, only, only because I've seen it, and again, I don't want to come back as, you know, you know, come back as, you know, creepy Uncle Adam, you know, trying to school me on on my way. Like, nobody's going to tell me what to do, man. I'm like, OK, because I was that same way, too. But yeah. by the same token, uh, uh, those are like definitely moments of of uh, of truth. You know, so, they're moments of truth when 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 something said could actually serve somebody for the rest of their lives. Two questions for you. But first, we need to thank our sponsors. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you actually selling food and beverage or are you just taking orders from a menu that says, here's what we have and here's what it costs? Blah. Modern consumers are addicted to smart devices and visual media is the best way to engage them with information. That is why more restaurants today are replacing their paper menus with Menuvative by iMenuTech. It's simple. Menuvative replaces your paper menus with tablets. This provides more room for photography, descriptive language, and wine pairings. Suggestive selling is now an inherent part of the modern menu experience. In my opinion, here's the best part. Menuvative preserves the integrity of the classic dining experience because it's not a kiosk and it does not replace the impactful service experience. What it does do is reduce costs, increase sales, improve 
marketing and provide a better guest experience by being more informative. To learn more, head over to imenutech.com. Again, that's imenutech.com. When you're running a busy restaurant, it's pretty hard to find time for training. Well, Tipsy has a whole library of video courses from industry experts, including world barista champions, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Get your staff watching Tipsy courses and watch their growth help your business. With Tipsy, scheduling training, tracking skills growth, and measuring engagement is a piece of cake. In the hospitality industry, we never have enough time, so training often falls away. But as management legend Andy Grove says, the only two ways to improve performance are training and motivation. Tipsy provides both. Click the Tipsy banner in the show notes to find out more. Because your Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll receive a special 50% off your first month. What are you waiting for? Get on it. We're back, and here are those questions I had for you. Uh, first question is, how do you make a switch in yourself to change the reaction when you see a young person being a jabroni to you know, want to approach them and to coach them, to mentor them? How do you get in the, the right headspace to, to recognize it and then do something about it? And then secondly, how do you approach these people uh, in a way that isn't coming down on them, but comes from a very warm, loving, uh, I'm not like, you know, scolding you, but I'm trying to be here for you, support you. Right. So the other part of this transparency thing is also being very direct, mm-hmm. um, being direct in a way that doesn't take their power away. So um, in this particular case, first off, it would probably trigger me and I would get pissed off. Mm-hmm. And so I would know that that's the moment that I need to just take a walk and go on the Which cooler. Which is emotional intelligence. Recognize, you know, that's what we were talking about earlier. Recognize yep. the, the emotion and don't let it take control of you, but take control of right. it. Awesome. Right. And um, I do this in my, in my personal relationships, too, where I tell my girlfriend, hey, listen, I can't, I can't respond right now. I, I'll come back. But at least to communicate that to her, like saying what's there. But, you know, take a second to kind of like gather my thoughts and what is it that I like, what was it that triggered me? Mm-hmm. Like what was the thing that made me mad or upset? Um, is it because because I saw him screwing up his life or because I saw the way that I screwed up my life mm-hmm. and didn't want. So, I mean, to, to understand what where that trigger is coming from is really important. And sometimes it's as quick as a as a as a walk around. Sometimes, like you said, maybe it's not the right time. I come back tomorrow especially when I'm much more grounded. And then just to be really direct, say, listen, you know, I, I need to bring this to your attention um, only because I've been in your shoes and I know how people start to perceive this type of behavior. My son was hanging around a guy that uh, no matter what happened, this, this kid was always like stuff was always blown up around this kid. And I basically told my son, listen, man, I'm not trying to tell you who to be friends with, but you know, I I can tell at some point this kid's going to have, shit hit the fan and I don't want you to be anywhere near it to get any on you um, because he will take you down. Not because he's trying to, but because that's just sometimes the way it works out. And I don't think it was anything I said. I think it was own observations that, uh, that my son decided that it's probably not a good idea for them to be friends, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, and, and bring it coming up as a question is always a really good way to do it because that way someone gets to own their, own their stuff 
and make their own decision. Yeah. Do you think this is the guy that you want to be around? I mean, if he's showing up and being stupid and being drunk, is this really the guy that you want to hang around with and, and bring to work? And he can look at his own behavior and decide yes or no. At least you've given him the option to to pivot from that. Yeah, and I think, I mean, to summarize what I heard and something that I wanted to add on, and I think you said it, but just in your own way, is come from it at an angle where you're looking out for their best interest, uh, yep. where you're not coming down on them and uh, say acknowledging the bad behavior, but knowing what that bad behavior will result in, uh, giving them the picture of what that result will be, and then say, hey, I don't want this to happen to you. So I'm telling you, I'm making you aware of what the result will be um, because I'm looking out for your best interest. Uh, is that? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. And uh, hire people that you like is another piece of advice I've gotten on the show. Uh, because when 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 you see somebody acting a jabroni <laughs> and you like them. I love jabroni, by the way. Uh, me too. It's one of my favorite words to throw around. <laughs> and, but if you like them you're going to be naturally inclined to look out for their best interests. If you do not like them, if they're a schmuck and you really just aren't invested in them because there's just no connection there, it happens. We're not all perfect. Um, then you're going to be less likely to look out for them and set them up for success. So be really like, really trust your gut when you meet people. Surround yourself with people you like because you're going to be there for them when they need you. Can I can I offer a, a, just a quick perspective on that? Please. Um, I, I totally get where you're going with that. I And I would say that you're correct unless it becomes a hiring profile um, because there have been places where I have hired or uh, I've hired guys who guys and gals that were like me and we end up being carbon copies of one another. Mm. Like diversity, I, I think for me is is undervalued in our in our industry right now. And it's like one of the quickest ways to cure ignorance is to have a diverse class of people. And just because you may not have necessarily an emotional connection with them, doesn't make, doesn't make them any less or uh, more or less worthy of your, your dedication, I guess I would say. No, I definitely hear what you're saying. I, I can see like, you don't want to reproduce yourself. You don't want a, cop a carbon copy of yourself. You don't want to hire like people, but hire right. people that you respect and appreciate. Yeah. Um, there you because that will make it easier for you to look out for their best intentions. And Great. I can't remember who said it, um, but that's just one other thing we can add on there. And uh, I can't believe how fast time goes. We're at like 15 minutes right now. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to, to mention? So far, we, we've covered ultimate transparency, attention, or sorry, authenticity, uh, no knowing and recognizing that mentorship is a long-term investment and uh, knowing that it starts with you taking action. And then is there anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to just how, how and techniques to inspiring others to, to be yeah, a master? There's, there's something I heard uh, uh, last week when I was in Denver for a two day conference. Um, and it was kind of uh, in a, in a different industry set, but uh, someone said, uh, or quote, or threw this quote out there that, uh, you know, nobody really cares what you know until they know that you care about them. Mm. And I think that that's really apropos for our business. Like you can be a manager, you can manage assets, you can manage people, you can manage food costs and all that kind of stuff. Um, or you can lead. Uh, and the way you do that, you know, this thing that we're calling inspirational leadership, inspiring others through your through the way that your your way of being really comes down to you know, showing in concrete fashion that you actually care for someone else. Absolutely. And just real quick, 
uh, how do you show somebody you care? I think that's a long-term emotional investment into someone's, uh, you know, bank account, their, their emotional bank account by showing up every day, by, by asking them, you know, it's all the simple things. It's asking them about their family, uh, about, uh, what they do on their day off, about showing interest in them, the human being, as opposed to the cog and the wheel that they represent in your organization. I think just one word that comes to my, my mind when it comes to showing somebody you care is action. What are you doing? What are you, what are you saying you're going to do? Are you doing it? Do you have that integrity? Are you following up with what you say you're going to do? Are you showing that you care? Are, are you taking the time to, to speak up when you see them acting like a knucklehead and saying, Hey, this is where you're headed. I don't want to see that happen for you. I want you're better than that. I recognize how, the greatness, the potential in you and just taking, taking action. Yep. And I think it's, you know, also managing expectations, right? Because, um, the worst thing to do is over promise and under deliver, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not you're going to, I've been uh, guilty of that. It's real easy, you know, because I think especially people in this industry, we have such an inclination to want to make people happy. We are. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever you say, you got it. I got you because we don't like to disappoint. Right. It's so easy to get sucked in and then end up disappointing because you spread yourself too thin. Right. I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, staff meal every day, you know, and then you get busy that one day and you don't put a staff meal out and everybody's looking around going, okay, so is that, you know, whether or not they use the, the word uh, uh, integrity or did he keep his promise or any of that, you know, it's like, okay, so don't make the, you know, don't make the statement that you're going to do it every day. You'll do it when it's like, be transparent, be honest and and just say what's there in such a way again, that it doesn't take anybody's power away, but at least they understand what the expectation is. Yeah, absolutely. It's so easy, especially if you're passionate, it's so easy to get excited and to see opportunity and want to take on more. And I'm, this is a sensitive subject for me right now, Adam, because this is just happening to me. Uh, working at Laney and Lou, I got so excited for what uh, Jen Rosers is creating. She's onto something beautiful. She's such a great leader. Uh, the, the culture of this place is amazing. I'm not joking. Every day on the Facebook page, on the employee Facebook page, somebody, not like the leadership team, not like team leaders, like like line workers are talking about gratitude and expressing their appreciation to coming to work, to go someplace where they just be a, that, that they're appreciated. And there's so much great things going on at this restaurant. I got excited. I wanted to be a part of it. And I started saying, yeah, I want to be the people operations manager. I want to do all these things. I want to create these people operations. And then I realized, Oh crap. I still have two to three episodes a week to publish for the restaurant unstoppable. <laughs> and I made these, this commitment to, to so, like thousands of people that are listening. I had to really, you know, you know, uh, swallow a bullet and say, and go back on my word and, and talk to, to the Jen and be like, Jen, I think I overcommitted and I, I, there's so much I want to be a part of with this organization. And I think that I will be someday, but the time's not now. Um, yeah. and you know, it, it, it's, you gotta be careful. <laughs> so I can totally get that. Um, well, by, the, by the same token, you know, you actually kind of modeled that inspiring behavior by like taking accountability by, by, being transparent about it. And I'm sure you, she wa- you walked away from that conversation with her ha- having more respect for you having said that than actually trying to try to manipulate or, or to create some type of strategy to get you to get what you want, as opposed to, you know, that's your why. Yeah. And you know, um, it, it, there was, you know, I was definitely 
concerned. There was some, you could, you could tell there was some stress in the air um, between the two of us. And when we had that conversation, when we just got everything out, um, the energy between us now, now that we understand each other, now that we're in a good place where I can just show up and be that supportive utility role, jump into positions, be that example of the, the person who's living the culture. Uh, that's where I shine uh, in supportive <laughs> roles, being that happy, you know, optimistic, fun guy who just makes it fun for other people. I don't want to, you know, build myself up too much, but that's where I, that's what I love to do. Um, right. And the energy between us is so much better now. And I don't know how the hell we got off on this tangent of a conversation, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think we're talking about, uh, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about in tonight's uh, webinar. Um, one of the main themes is going to be, you know, what's your superpower? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the fact that, that there are things that, that we all do and do very well and enjoy doing. And there are the, then there are some things that you do well, but, uh, or, um, but don't necessarily enjoy what you do. And there, mm-hmm. there's, you know, so you go right down that scale down to, you know, you don't do it well uh, and you really shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You know, yeah. Def- that's a huge thing. Know your lane. Know where you belong. And, yeah, and when you're out of your lane, and that's one of the other things, too. I was getting put in a lane because I had to learn all these positions to be able to create the operation, the, the, the systems, the processes. And I don't belong on the line. And there was stress because now I was in a lane where I didn't shine. Uh, I'm a supportive role. Like that's something I recognize. Yep. Um, and if you're not, if you're getting the wrong lane, get the hell out of it because you're going to show up. You're going to be miserable. That attitude is going to affect other people. It's going to affect your work. It's going to affect your mental state. And it's just not worth it. You're holding the team back by booty, by being in a position that you don't belong in. You're going to be a ball and anchor. So get the hell out of that lane. Love you like a ball and chain, brother. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, so let's tell the, the first. We got to have you call somebody out. Uh, call somebody. Out. Who's one person you admire in this industry and think would be a great guest mentor to, to profile them, to share their stories, their advice, their recommendation, their mentorship to the, the folks at home? For sure. I mean, uh, the first time I was here, I mentioned the same person. I'm going to do it again today. I'm going to call him out because I think he's going to be a great guest for you. And that's uh, Executive Chef Greg Barnhill. Greg uh, Barnhill. Greg. Barnhill. We got to get I, you on the show, man. This is the second time he's calling you out. Second time. And I'm second not going you know, <laughs> to, if, if it's going to be a third, I might have to give out his email address oh, and phone man. O- over the way. To happen. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Greg, I'm coming after you, man. Look out. And uh, why don't you just tell the folks at home uh, a little bit about what's going on tonight. Uh, and it's, this is a live webinar, right? It's a live webinar. Uh, and as I said, it's kind of odd because our industry is not really experienced with that. So we've had a lot of fun over the first two some folks just kind of understanding what the process looks like and how it's a completely interactive experience. And even though, yes, I have um, some topics to talk about, it's more of a conversation uh, between everybody. So not only is there an opportunity to, uh, to put comments and questions in the chat, but uh, we bring a few folks live. Um, and so this is a series of three around Inspired Culinary Masterclass. Um, and those will actually be edited and archived on the website at foodworksinc.com um, and in the um, in the uh, membership level. So everybody who comes to foodworksinc.com uh, when they sign up, they actually become a, a member of the, the of the of the crew level, uh, and then the crew pro level, which is right above that, um, has some additional content as well as a monthly uh, interactive culinary town hall that we'll be conducting. But uh, we're going to take all those webinars and uh, the th- these three webinars and edit them and put them up there in the free area so that awesome. folks who are experiencing it for the first time can actually go there. And you can uh, access that by going to foodworksinc.com forward slash go 
forward slash culinary crew. Awesome. And I'll get, again, I'll have that in the show notes. If you don't have a pen on hand, just remember two, seven, one restaurant, unstoppable.com slash two, seven, one. You'll find all the links right there. And that's tonight at eight 30, this live webinar, correct? Yep. Tonight, October 18th. You bet. EST Eastern time. Yep. So uh, go over there. It's a live webinar. Join the conversation. I'm sure there's going to be some question asking back and forth. Yep. Uh, if you want to pick up the conversation, if you liked what Adam was sharing with us today, if you want you some more, tonight's your chance to kind of you know pick Adam's brain and to uh, take it to the next level. And uh, all right, Adam, it was a blast. Uh, how can we oh, connect? Much. How can we connect? Yes. Email, social uh, uh, handles. Yeah. Uh, Adam at foodworksinc.com. Uh, at, on uh, Facebook, it's Foodworks Inc. And on Twitter, it's Adam M. Lamb. And, uh, and uh, Chef Life Radio is also now uh, curated uh, on the Foodworks site. So Awesome. Beautiful so, stuff. Those are there. All those points of contact will be at restaurantunstoppable.com slash 271. Adam, thank you so much for coming back on Thanks, the show, Eric. man. I have a feeling uh, this isn't the last time we'll be it's talking to you. It's always a pleasure, brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Bye. <laughs> I always love getting Adam Lamb on the show. It's because he, I feel like my love, my passions in the front of house, uh, you know, and I feel like his love, his passion is in the back of house. And uh, there's so much of what he believes in that I believe in uh, with just, you know, appreciating your people. And he's come to realize, like I've come to realize that's, it's about we, not me. You're only as good as your team. And the people who are amazingly successful in this industry are only as successful as they are because they s- surrounded themselves with an incredible team of people. Uh, and they they just take care of others and they take action in their lives every day to show how much they care. They're there to support their team. Uh, they're there to mentor others. And it's it's about the impact. It's about the impact you have in the lives of other people, your team, your guests, your community. What are you doing to impact people is the question I have for you. Uh, and there's so much value in uh, Adam's advice every time he's on the show. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, one thing I just want to leave you with is, you know, part of the uh, – you know the, the the steps that he gave us the mastery getting mastery of yourself is like the first thing you need to do before you you get to that level of business mastery and i feel like you know finding your why finding your strengths finding what lights you up on the inside what are you passionate about what are you associating your personal mission with uh, I hope that this podcast is helping you with that. I hope that by shining a light on the paths that other people took, you can kind of get an idea of what resonates with you. And then you can follow in those paths. And that's the mission. That's what we're trying to do here. I mean, along with trying to get those recommendations, those pieces of advice on uh, how to you know manage your business and operation, but mostly to find that inner light, to go, you know, introspective and to really dig into your soul to find out what lights you up and to see if there's any similarities with these incredible people that you if you can use what what lit them up to light you up and i hope that's happening for you because i i definitely know it's happening for me i i love these chats and uh i gotta wrap it up uh because i have an interview starting in 10 minutes and i want to get this 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 interview here live as soon as possible so you guys can have time 
to, to hear it and to uh, get signed up for Adam's webinar. Again, head over to Restaurant Unstoppable slash 271. Find the links. Get signed up. Join the conversation. Uh, he's a great guy, uh, and you will do right by yourself if you surround yourself with him. Uh, just don't forget, always connect with me, Eric, at RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Eric with a C. If you want to hear from somebody, if I can... Uh, get somebody on the show that you respect and admire, or maybe you want to uh, schedule a chat, a one-on-one chat with me. Maybe you need some inspiration, motivation, or maybe you just want to think out loud. I, I'm great at listening. I'm here to listen. I'm here to kind of help you think through your thoughts, walk, you know, get through your thoughts. Uh, just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one-on-one or find the banner to schedule that one-on-one chat. I love connecting with my listeners. Uh, and keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. They help. Give me or you know give the show validity uh, in those reviews just help so much and they really help with the, the, the rankings too. So all right, that's it today, guys. Thanks for so much for uh, you know coming on this journey with me and or joining Adam and I with this awesome chat. Uh, there's no question you guys are all unstoppable until next time. Peace out. <laughs>